Welcome, welcome to another, uh, what do you call this, an episode, an addition, uh, installment of Where the Pavement Ends? It's a series. 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 There you go. He's yeah. so smart. I know. That was Rich Dobbins of Buck and Bull Feeds. We're fortunate to have him down here in Nevada today. He's an Oregon uh, resident. Sounds like he spends quite a bit of time in Northern California, Oregon, hunting deer and elk. Of course, Clay's here. Hi. Clay is the foremost expert on all things. Just end it there. Just all things. No, I wasn't. I, yeah. I was going to maybe say. Known to mankind. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's very, next level. The guy was literally playing the guitar shirtless in American flag shorts last weekend. <laughs> and, you know, today could be rewiring a computer. Editing episodes. Editing episodes. Uh, so he's a magician. I'm a magician. I was going to say, there's magic tricks involved. The best ping pong player I know. Hmm. Um, the well, list, then. The list goes on and on. That's what. There's some high power talent in the room today. Hi. What are we going to oh, talk man. about? I think we're going to talk. Should we kneel? <laughs> no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely. We're going to have to ask you to leave now. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, this episode's over. God. Um, I think we should talk about... We just got done talking about last episode. Feed. And how we're going to make sure all these animals are healthy with our feed. But now we have to talk about the other aspects of that. Do we have any animals to feed? And what goes along with that? And where I'm getting at is that... If we don't do our part in predator management, we're not going to have any animals to protect anyway. Absolutely. So where do we start with predator management? Is it at the personal level? Because I want to go shoot a deer. Am I going to go do my part in the off season to go shoot coyotes and bobcats and go get a mountain lion tag where it's legal, obviously, where California can't, which is asinine. Um, But... Do we do it on a personal level and that takes care of it? Or do we do it on a governmental agency level and let them deal with it? Um, I think as conservationists and hunters, we have to do it on both levels. And I say that because we work with the fish and game and we as hunters and conservationists are the ones out in the woods. You get people that go to campsites and go to the lake and go to these certain things and they stay a week, you know, out of a summer and they go home. They don't see anything outside of that. They they roll their boat in, park their motor home, they ski all weekend, they go home. They don't see what's really going on out there. And I think it's up to us hunters that are out in the woods every day and or it's ranchers that are managing these ranches it's up to us to make the public aware of it and the government aware of it if you look at what fish and game does you know they got their biologists out there in the woods somewhat the problem with these guys that you talk to them they're they got so much paperwork they're doing they're spending 50 percent of their time in the office and and another twenty percent of their time driving, and then twenty percent out in the woods. You know, so not only that is, I mean, I, politics plays a role in everything, yes. and they know the liberals. They know if they can get in on these boards and these commissions and these, mm-hmm. well, they, they can put their view on it because yep. now they have three votes, now they have five votes, now there's seven votes, and it goes the opposite way. So now mm-hmm. you get rid of predator hunting, you get rid of predator contest you get rid of mountain lion hunting mm-hmm. so they know they start at these local levels and get you know infiltrate these commission and, oh, and it's really big so we got to stand up and fight on that side obviously and that's where you know people like sci come into view where they're going to help us protect that mm-hmm. but you are correct 100 percent. i think it comes down to the individual because just like in big government the more big government that happens the less stuff gets done yeah and so you can go into any division of wildlife and they take $3 per tag for, you know, predator management and this and that, and they don't do anything for it. Mm. I mean, I talk to my uncle all the time and he's very in, very, you know, up on this stuff. And there's a fight every day about, well, if you're going to take this money, why aren't you doing something about it? Mm -hmm. Why do we have such a low number of deer now 
and it's directly related to predators, yep. where's this money going to? Yep. So why shouldn't we, why should we give you the money in the first place? And if you are going to take our money, do what you say you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And it, that's partially, you know, the way that those things are written is that they're spending all that on research yeah. instead of, Action. you know, result producing, yeah. you know, activities. We spoke earlier about an area called 015 or 014, 14. I'm sorry, the yeah. granites out north here. And that's, years ago, they... For people who aren't listening, that's northern Nevada, sorry, northern about Nevada. an hour and a half north of Reno. But years ago, they did a very specific predator, you know, uh, depredation in that unit. And, and the goal was to remove... All of them. I mean, you know, as humanly possible from a very small, it's a very small unit, but they wanted every coyote, every mountain lion, every bobcat, all that. They wanted it gone. They wanted to try and get that deer population back. Because like Clay said, it used to be a premier unit in Nevada and it's, it's nothing now. I mean, we, we hunted there and, and it's nothing. And they, I forget the exact numbers, but 1400 coyotes or something like that, you know, uh, 25 or so mountain lions and you know whatever a handful of bobcats and i i think the guy told us literally a week after they stopped there was 14 or 15 more coyotes that had already come into that unit i mean obviously mountain lion <laughs> something was something is drawing them to that and it, it's a, the accessibility of the deer or whatever it is but they have decimated that deer herd up there and even when they tried to do something it was you know, it was, I'm not going to say all for not, but you know, it, it, it's, they've got to do more and yeah. we've got to do more. And do more. Well, I think, of, I think most of it's awareness, you know, <clears throat> my thought behind buck and bull feeds is getting the stuff out there and taking proceeds from that and having hunter awareness, education, education, yes. you got to have that. And there's a lot of hunters out there that they don't get to live the way I live or in the woods, in, you know, a lot or next to the woods or have a ranch. So those particular hunters, you know, they get to go two times a year or they get to fly back on a big hunt and then they got to fly home because they all have families and, you know, and jobs and they got to do things. So a lot of that stuff is missed in their day to day lives where we see it. You know, yeah. I killed a, bat, a coyote, a big male coyote in our backyard the other day. So we got coyote issues. We got mountain lion issues and we got wolf issues. You know, the other day we across the road, there's a big ranch across from ours on the other side. You know, the guy calls me up and he goes, hey, on my gamer, game camera here, I got seven wolves on the game camera. And we're way down low. You know, we're at 1,400 feet. Yeah. So, you know, I thought, what? Already? They're down this far? Fishing game doesn't even know about that group, right? They think they do or they'll say that they didn't. No, there's no callers on those wolves. There ain't nothing. And there are seven wolves there and there's not a caller on any of them. So that tells you that us as hunters we have to make not only the people out there aware of it but the government as well and these government agencies they need you know they need boots on the ground you they know? need less studying and more action well, if i hear one because, more word about another study I'm yeah, puke. i've heard time. so that's been going on for 25 years now yeah. i've worked with biologists and stuff and yeah. i've watched them count the same herd every day for a week and i go dude that's the same group of deer was here yesterday they just came down they fed they went back up and laid down you're getting the same deer so you're getting false readings here mm-hmm. yeah. i said there's look at that buck right there i sat with that guy for three days he counted the same buck four times you know and not just him all the other ones you know and i'm like where did you come from you know here he is 22 years old he's never slung an arrow or a bullet in his life he has no idea what he's doing he's just told to go count deer right and he sits on the same rock for a week and counts deer that come there they're the same herd that he's counting every day so you get all these false things like oh there's x amount of deer in california or oregon or these other states that's horse bucky mm-hmm. you know they they're doing that and so they'll sell tags they need the money right the money's already spent you, yeah. you know they don't have a budget all right there's no such thing as budgets you know not with government you know and uh the other thing too is fires you know i was talking to some of the older ranchers of the day they used to have fires like this back in the day Everybody jumped in and put fires out. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Now it's a business. Well, yeah, because there was a huge one out here, and they could have put it out in the first 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. But guess what they wanted to do? They wanted to study 
how, because there was a little bit of wind, mm-hmm. and they wanted to study how this wind was going to affect this fire in this area. Sure. Got out of control. 50,000 acres later, mm-hmm. burned down homes and, and yeah. habitat. And that goes back to the wildlife again. Where did, what happened to them? Yeah. You know, nobody, and it's the same way all over. I just passed one coming down here today. I mean, it looked like Reno, and it was a fire camp. You know, there's it's ridiculous. So all these things taken account, you know, the no more predator hunting, the fires that get totally, you know, those those things start and nobody gets on them for three or four days because we're too busy setting up camp and we got to have a drive through Starbucks before we can even get going, you know, which is sad, sad, sad. And the government, if you look at uh, Forest Service, for example, that's what they used to do is service the forest. That doesn't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. It's overgrown. You know, if you look at time-lapse video or time-lapse pictures of Yosemite, it's scary because all that ground that those animals used to feed on, those pasture grounds, have shrunk to nothing because they don't log it anymore. They don't take care of it anymore. It's all natural, right? Well, those animals that live there only got so much feed they can eat. Now it's all covered in timber, and there's no grass growing underneath timber and shade. So, And it's like that all over the U.S., you know, not, not just here. And, it, and all people... Roosevelt had a good plan with the Forest Service, you know, maintain it, take care of it. You know, it's a renewal resource let's use it all that when that was all started that helped the game it don't help anymore they don't do it anymore which is sad well people a lot like predator management you know they we here you know on the predator hunting side of it is that you shouldn't be doing that you know you shouldn't be why do you need to manicure a forest that forest was here before a person was here and (laughs) you know but the world has changed so much Mm -hmm. you know we've we've deleted and depleted resources and now you know those animals are in those areas and if you're not like you said logging and Mm -hmm. cleaning up the downfall and doing all that stuff it's either one it's a tinderbox that's going to burn everything down anyway Mm -hmm. or they can't get to their feed or there's not enough feed for them anymore and they have to move right in Mm -hmm. predator management same way you know what why do you you know nobody hunted coyotes back in the day you know mm-hmm. it's a you know why do you need to start now well deer populations are shrinking people are doing more you know mm-hmm. on the other side of it so if people aren't you know controlling the predator population which you know apex predators have no nothing to worry thin about. The, you know they have no known predators you know to right. keep saying that word over and over but you know so if a human being isn't taking care of a mountain lion or a coyote or a you know pack of wolves unchecked they they devour everything in their path yeah. and having this wolf thing introduced was you know oh, one of the biggest terrible. mistakes i've ever heard of in my life the, the other thing you got to is is the population has moved out right and so you know if you look just look around here in sparks in reno nevada everybody's moving moving up so yeah. now you've you've engulfed these winter grounds for these animals you've moved everybody up to the edge right so now we're all congested the people have moved out and now our winter grounds are gone and we're congested and the same thing in these other states as well so now everybody's in tight quarters so now it's easy pickings for these predators because we're all in the same area you know before you're trying to chase the antelope across the four thousand acre flat that don't happen anymore Hmm. now we're congested into 200 300 acres it's a lot easier pickings you know especially for mountain lion i mean they can down one of them things and you know 100 yards i i mean it all goes back to education really to for me totally because Someone will say that, well, you were just talking about, Alex, you know, why do you have to do this and why do you have to do that? And you talk about it and you explain it. Or when I post something on Facebook or on, you know, or Instagram about predator hunting or with Chase, you know, oh, you're raising the next school shooter. You're doing this. You know, <laughs> They don't understand it. And then when, first off, they have to be able to accept a conversation about it. A lot of them are so hard headed that they don't even want to talk about it. You're never going to change their mind. Whatever. But if you're able to actually sit down and actually have a conversation with somebody about it and explain to them, mm-hmm. then they go, hmm, I never really thought about that. So it's all about education. So not only do we have to do our part in managing them, we have to do our part in educating people that maybe not will do it, go out and do it because they're never going to do it regardless. But now they're going to understand why it needs to happen. So maybe if they go on to one of these boards or commissions on the, you know, division of wildlife, they might have a different aspect or different, 
you know, feeling about it now if they get educated on it. So the education part, not only from us, but groups like SEI that day in and day out are doing that, mm-hmm. that where hunters have to band together and support groups like this because we're not going to be able to get with the lobbyists and the politicians and the on a day-to-day basis. So hunters have to become part of these groups, SCI especially, because they're on the front line every day with lobbyists, politicians on the local level, state level, and national level where they're protecting our rights. So if you are duck hunting, I mean, big game hunting in, in wherever it is, they're helping you and they're protecting you. You might not know it and you'll never maybe know it. But if you're a part of it, you know that they're there helping. Well, it has to be that every hunter, if they sit back, and we've done this before just for fun, if you sit back and add out the amount of money they spend on equipment and hunting and vacations and all this type of stuff, fuel, food, you know, uh, camp trailers and four wheelers and everything. If you just sit back and add that up, that deer meat or elk meat or, or duck is going to probably run you somewhere in the neighborhood of about 35 bucks a pound. Oh yeah. If you're lucky, if every hunter sat back and said, you know what, I'm going to take 20% of what I spend on my hunting and I'm going to donate it to SCI, or I'm going to donate it to one of these groups that's got pe- boots on the ground at a government level to help help me mm-hmm. and protect us, we would be so far ahead on this deal, it, it would be knocking it out of the park. Every hunter is a steward of what he wants to do. And if he wants to continue doing what he wants to do, he or she, that's where they got to start. And if they don't start doing it pretty soon and it's voting the right direction, it's all going to be gone. I was just going to say that the the part of uh, what you just said in regards to a steward of their own land is, you know, what they want. As a whole, I would most conservatives, most hunters, most are kind of like, let me do my thing. You do your thing. Leave me alone. And we're all good. Uh, yes, exactly. But it is we can't do that anymore because no. the other side is so aggressive and so in your face and, and trying and yes and exactly mm-hmm. very loaded but they hate they hate capitalism <laughs> but yeah they love the money yeah. anywho they they are so aggressive in trying to stop what we love that we have to fight back oh, and we- and individually you can't do it but individually times the millions of hunters mm-hmm. to join together in these groups, that's where we're going to make a difference. Yep. So, I mean, I don't want to get on imploring people to support these groups, but you have to. This is not what I wanted to talk about in this podcast. No, right. A big thing is you well, need to support these groups. There's two kinds of predators. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah you know? that's true. Yeah. But I do, I, I, I took something away from what you just said, and it's, and I think that the younger and even our generation of hunters need to listen to that. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go out and spend Fifteen hundred bucks on a rifle, and you're going to spend you know three thousand dollars on a scope, and you're going to do all that stuff. Fifty bucks to SCI or uh, California Waterfowl, whatever, whatever it is, yeah. do it. Make yourself a, and and maybe I'm I was guilty of it. For I, I just sat there and thought to myself, I do do you know some of the California Waterfowl and Ducks mm-hmm. Unlimited, and and I'm now a member of SCI. But I mean, years ago I couldn't have said that, yeah. and, and I didn't. No one ever told me that. You know, right. no one ever, no one ever. What, and what do we just say? It comes down to education. education. Right. I mean, you just you, got educated on it. Well, well, I was, you, uh, you know, we did a lot of education. When I was with the National Wild Turkey Federation, we did a lot of education for, you know, we had big camps for these kids and everything. One of the things, I was trying to get to these kids, right? You know, and you're talking anywhere from 8, 9, 10, 13-year-old kids, you know, trying to understand something about predators and, and the deer population, elk and turkeys and all this type of stuff, these animals that, you know, we enjoy hunting, we enjoy eating and, and, uh, and spending our time with our family. You know, most of it, if you go out and, and you and you get an animal, that's a bonus. The whole thing is being with your family or being mm-hmm. with your buddies and hunting and camping and enjoying the wildlife and everything. So I was trying to get to these kids and make them understand. I said, here, I'll give you an example. Most of these kids were from the city, so this was all new to them. Catching a fish and shooting a bow and shooting a rifle and all the stuff was never done it before none of them you know and we'd have 50 kids in each one of these camps and i said it's kind of like this i says why do they have stoplights on the road so people will run into each other 
exactly. This is why we manage the game. And so the other one doesn't take over the other one. We got to keep a balance, you know, keep a balance. And we as humans are only ones that can do this. They're not going to balance themselves, you know. So we have to manage that. And that's where all these monies come from, from the hunters, the hunt license, the fishing license, the tags and all this type of stuff. That's where that comes from is to help manage and uh, uh, all of our wildlife, you know, and turkeys are one of them, you know. So they kind of got like, oh, yeah, I kind of get it now. You know, I understand. If you didn't have any stoplights, they'd all just crash into each other and everybody would die. Exactly. You yeah. know, so you're trying to educate the kids on, you know, and most of those kids, I'd say 99% of them left these camps with a whole different outlook on life in general and on the hunting industry and fishing and everything else. And, so it was a big and not plus. to the point of trying to make them hunters. That's no, not, no. That's not a call, but it's no. the education where they, like you said, respect our decisions. Mm-hmm. I'm not there telling them they can't spray paint their hair and do all the, you know, whatever they do. I'm no. not there. Go do that. I don't care. Yeah. But don't try to set up a law that says I can't go shoot a duck or a coyote or mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, it's been going on forever. It's going to keep going on forever. And the edu- I mean, just keep going back to education. And like you're talking about uh, California Waterfowl. They do an unbelievable program. It's a first hunter, first time hunter program where they go off and get these people that are in what you call liberal colleges mm-hmm. in Southern California and th- that are going into the wildlife aspect because they love wildlife and right. they love animals. So they go into be biologists and they're going to be all these things. But they're doing an unbelievable job where they're getting them right out of here, getting them their hunting license, first time hunting license, educating them on it, bringing them out to hunt a duck, mm-hmm. bringing the whole thing, killing their first duck, eating their first duck, cleaning their first duck, everything about it. They might get 10%. They might get 80%, whatever it is, to become a hunter. Mm-hmm. But all of them now have that that education and that thought process of this is not what my mom told me or my dad told me or what I heard on the news or no. you know what I heard in college. This is not what it's about. Mm-hmm. If you teach them the right way and, and actually show them what we're all about, a lot of them will not come to our side, but understand our side and be, be okay with it and go, yeah, go do your deal. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, you look at some of these things like, you know, the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, which is phenomenal. The the amount of stuff they do, it's millions of dollars a year. You will not find one right left group that's trying to protect animals to meet with those guys, you know, and say, Hey, what do you got? You know, what's your story? Well, here's what we do. What have you done for the elk in the last 100 years. Tell me one thing you guys. You guys spending your money on it? You doing anything? Did you go out and save ranches? Have you have you put water holes in to, and feed? No, you haven't done a damn thing. So only thing you're doing is keying on the hunters. It's more than that, guys. Yep. It's it's 10% hunting, and it's 90% of this other stuff. And it, the problem, it goes back to what you said, the problem is they're not educated. They have no clue. Yep. they got a bunch of Hollywood money coming in there, and we're going to save the world. It's right? all about it. Sorry, I keep interrupting you. I just, <laughs> no, 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 you're good. I, I was just going to – part of the education is and – and I run into it a lot – is it – they they think that if you just leave everything alone that it's fine mm-hmm. you know that yeah. like i said it earlier that just well back in the day you know animals thousands of years ago they just they just did their thing and it did, <laughs> you know thousands of years ago we didn't have horses and, you know we, didn't, we have, didn't have millions of people we didn't have millions <laughs> of people and, yeah. and a lot of people they it, it's a key thing that uh, i think many don't understand and, and and i won't get the numbers right but if you leave, you know, if, if there's 10 deer standing in a field that is big enough to feed five, they don't know how to ration that down and, and no. make it work. They just all eat until it's all gone and they all die. Yeah. Exactly. And people don't understand that. So they just think, leave them alone. They'll just wander around the forest and eat all they want and be fat and happy. And, you know, when they pass away, they'll be surrounded by their fellow loved one deers. And, <laughs> you know, they'll have a few. No, that's not how wildlife works. No. And a lot of people don't understand that. And they no. humanize animals. You know, they, that, that's I was, a. I was just going to say that they put human emotion on animals and that's not possible it's not no, po- human it's not. The animals do not 
feel or think like a human does. No. And like I said, left to their own demise, that's exactly what it is, is their own demise. They all die. Yeah. I mean, well, there's a reason why every state in the United States has a fish and game commission. Mm-hmm. That's the reason, you know, because it's got to be managed, you know. And it's not all about income. And it's not all about tags either. It's, you know, there are some states that do a very good job and there are some states that do a terrible job. Yep. But it, it goes back in, in those states need to be educated, obviously, but it goes back to the whole thing. And coming back to regular predator management, other than the human predator side, it's the same difference. You know, you got to you gotta look at what's going on. But you got to make, I mean, like I was talking about these wolf things, this wolf thing is going it, to, it's coming. And it's coming with a vengeance, you know. And these wolves that are that are in the States now, <laughs> those aren't the wolves that were here originally. These babies are big, tall, and lean and mean. And, uh, and they they hammer some animals mm-hmm. big time. Yeah, I was before we get on to go back to the predator management. One more thing I, it was crossing my mind when you were talking about um, you know R R M E F and stuff. We we as a group are is a group of action. We do things. We mm-hmm. like you're saying. We we build forest. We build land. We do guzzlers. We do all this stuff for the animals because we know what that resource is what it means to us Mm -hmm. the other side they are so loaded because it's all about the cause Mm -hmm. they it's not about action it's about the cause and what they can do and get the money and talk 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 and and get money and raise money to try to to defeat us from the low level boards to try to infiltrate that to where they going to make the laws Mm -hmm. that's where it's at so i think we ha- I mean, go back to, I'll say it one more time, support your these organizations because they have, have people, to. boots on the ground that do it. Individually, you're not going to do it. Individually, hunters, that individual group, hunters and fishermen and outdoorsmen will do it if we stick together and, and support to. these groups that will go in and, and have the boots on the ground. I can tell you right now, if you stopped everything today... If you stop SCI, the Elk Foundation, Turkey Federation, all these groups that are out there fighting and scratching, if you just ended that today and you ended hunting today, nobody can hunt anymore, nobody can do anything anymore, the, all the game would be decimated within a 10-year period. Oh, yeah. You would be able to drive out here for miles and miles and miles and probably not see an animal. Oh, you'd see wild horse. Yeah. Wild <laughs> Maybe. Horse. Because let me tell you, those mountain lions, once they run out of that deer, guess what? That's true. They yeah, have a horse. Just, yeah. just here on the south end of town, we, there's a horse killer mountain lion. He would only eat horses. Mm-hmm. And he lived right in the houses. The other red a, meat. And they put collar yeah. on him, and he would eat a horse a week or whatever it was, and they left him alone because there were so many horses in that area mm-hmm. that... He got he he did a very good yeah, yeah he got a pass game management um, <laughs> but yeah when it comes back down to predator management again there's so many fights coming from the other side that we have to protect these you know these groups are protecting the big deer and the and the big hunting but they also protecting little things like coyotes mm-hmm. because they know those coyotes. What's the saying? There's not going to be left nothing but coyotes and cockroaches when the world ends. At the end of the world, there'll be nothing left but cockroaches and coyotes. They're an unbelievable animal. I have so much respect for a coyote. It's amazing. But at the same time, it has to be managed. Yes. And they do an unbelievable job at cleaning up everything. Coyotes, they... They'll hunt in packs. They'll mm-hmm. eat. They'll eat meat. They'll eat fruit. They'll eat. They'll whatever it is. They will. They will survive. Mm-hmm. And and. Like you're saying, go back to 014. What we, we we saw hundreds of horses. We saw we were the, the weather was so bad on a deer hunt. We weren't seeing any deer. My ne- little nephew, he was f- 14 or something, and he wanted to go shoot coyotes because you couldn't you couldn't hunt deer where we were. Couldn't see any deer, so he's like, let's go kill some coyotes. Okay, so we didn't kill a couple coyotes, and on one stand, we called in two mountain lion. Mm-hmm. Middle of the day. Down, down, in, down in the flats. Right, six inch, eight inch sagebrush, and they're coming to a rabbit call because there's no deer left. I know. So they're coming in to eat deer. They're hungry. Or, I mean, rabbit. They're because, hungry. Yeah, they're hungry because there's nothing left. They ate them all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we we called in five coyotes on one stand in uh, that day before. Yeah, they're just there. They were everywhere. Crazy. Oh no, I've hunted up there up at a. Um, this south of Jar Bridge and up in that, we bow hunted coyotes up there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we sat there and we pulled along the paved road that goes over Chicken Creek Pass right there. I think it's called that. Anyway, 
we've seen a lot of coyotes there. And my dad goes, you know what? We're bow hunting up there, right? Let's. We just pulled over and gotten some willows right there next to the fence. We had seven coyotes within ten minutes. Yeah. Killed three of them with our bows. And dad goes, man, we get, we get, <laughs> we need to come back here with our rivals. This is right. crazy. You know, do some work. Yeah. And you so, wonder why the deer relocate or get ate up. You yeah. know. And it goes back. I mean, that same year, one kid got attacked by a mountain lion up there too. It's happened yeah. here a couple times, yeah. Turkey his dad hunting. beat the mountain lion off with his bow. Turkey mm. hunting down here, turkey hunting just east of town, uh, an hour and a half down, I mean, sick and depleted, just, uh, I mean, horrible sick mountain lion mm-hmm. coming and trying to get a turkey decoy and then yeah. turned around and came right at the kid and he shot it with a shotgun two feet from him. Yeah. And just, anyway, uh, I, what I was just going to say is hunting obviously is a business that, in a sense, on the game and fish side, they are managing that uh, that herd, whatever whatever it is, whatever species it is, and they're selling these tags. Predator management comes involved because if I go and I'm going to sell a deer tag based on the biologists, they go out and do counts, right? So if there's 100 deer in this area, we're going to kill 13 of them. There's 200 in this area, we're going to kill 72, whatever their numbers are. Well, if you don't manage those predators, <laughs> you're, the next year you're going to have 80 deer and be able to sell 10 tags. The next year you're going to have 50 deer and going to be able to sell two tags. So it's right by them to be able to predator do predator control because they're not going to have any money coming into their coffers in the hunting industry if they allow that. And maybe there's a hidden agenda where they want that to happen because they want to get rid of hunting because they're being infiltrated by these people. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a hidden deal there. I don't know. I'm not saying I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but there's got to be something other than just taking our money and sitting back and doing studies. I, I think that you, you, you hit on something that I think it's the pressure that they feel well, you, you know, we had a predator hunting show for nine or ten years, and we've we've seen the hate mail that you get oh. when you, oh, yeah. you know, people think that a coyote's a German shepherd or whatever. So now you're a government worker, <laughs> and your job is to you know shoot coyotes or whatever, trap them, snare them, mm-hmm. do whatever. They probably feel that they get that hate mail and that hate, yeah. you know, coming towards them. And as a government worker, you, you, you know, they probably go, oh, wait a minute. You know, because I know, you know, back in the day, they used to they used to do more. You oh, know, yeah, Jim, our buddy Jim Sailing's a trapper, and he was, you know, he was contracted, you know, back in the 70s and 80s to do predator management. And he talked about oh, yeah. what they used to do for predator management. And it's not pretty, no, but no. It, it's got to be done. And, and you know, mm-hmm. it's not effective to to do what we do you know you're not going to call in coyotes i mean even if you did it seven days a week and you were the best shot in the world i mean you're going to kill 150 of them you know that's why you fly planes and fly planes and trap and and, you know do all these i grew up doing that you know i was pretty fortunate when i was pretty young i got to work with a guy and uh you know we flew planes and you know a lot of sheep ranches a lot of cattle ranches Mm -hmm. and stuff we got paid to do it Mm -hmm. you know and uh I got to see the difference, you know, what what management does versus no management. Yeah. Which is huge, you know. I you know, my cousin works over here in Nevada and he's he hunts for a living. He hunts lions, you know. And uh he said it's crazy, but they only can do so much, you know, and he says we could do a lot more, mm-hmm. but they're regulated to you know, tone it down, and, Here, here's and it's one. sad. He said it's absolutely sad what he see, and he's out there five days a week. Yeah, you know, he's it, in the woods every when, day. When I was in, the, when you were just talking about uh, what you just said, Alex, the thought that came across my mind is not only do we individually go out there and predator management with you know protecting the herd by killing coyotes and bobcats and mountain lions and everything else that we do. The person, the average person, when they go to the store and they go buy a, a hamburger or a steak and take it home and cook it, they don't, they think, oh, okay, well, I'm just going to buy a steak. They don't think of everything that happened before that meat got there, <laughs> right? These ranchers and farmers are spending millions and losing millions on predators mm-hmm. and sheep, not just beef, but anything that they do, goat, sheep, ch- everything Chickens. that they do, these predators are in there handing them 
their ass hand over foot every year. And we get calls from ranchers. Please come help us protect. Come coyote hunt on our land to protect. Because if they're running an operation for any type of animal to come to consumer, they're losing millions of dollars from predator from predators oh yeah what happens then yeah what happens so but when they when that average yeah exactly price goes up right (laughs) so when that person goes to the store and just buys a steak or a chicken breast or whatever they have to understand that what goes into that and it's people that are like us and organizations like us and and other people that predator management to get that there and we're not I'm not saying we're the end all, obviously, but we are helping those people, those ranchers protect their livestock that they make a living on, mm-hmm. that they get to money and to go afford the things that they do. They're not just out there, you know, feeding the world for free. It's a piece of the puzzle. It's a piece it, of the puzzle to where yeah. we're helping them. Now they get to have that money to go do things with their family and whatever else they do. They have a right to make a living. Keep the price of your tri-tip down. Yeah. So they have a right to make a living. <laughs> so why in the hell would these people... Go and make these laws that m- allow us or not to allow us to go do that. Because now you're making a living. You're doing that to your family. You're ha- you have a job to, you know, stop us from hunting. But you're stopping everything down the, to down the line. But you enjoy the benefits of it when well, you go to is. the store. It's just like back in the days, you know, when they were against logging and everything. There's <laughs> every person that was protesting uh, uses toilet paper. Uses paper to write on. Oh, yeah. Lives in a wooden house. Yep. They got poster board made out of wood, stapled to a wooden stick. Right. Right. Protesting logging. Yeah. Okay, guys. Where do you think all that came from? Yeah. You know, come on. You got to you got to get educated. Yep. Where did all that come from? It's the same thing with that. You know, most of these people, they got the perspective of, you know, these guys are rolling out in the woods with automatic machine guns and killing everything. Oh, right. Yeah. No. You, you take the average hunter that goes hunting. If he kills something, yahoo. I, I can tell you, and we're pretty picky on what we do. We're really picky. I probably kill a buck about every four years on an average, right? Do I spend the same amount of money every year, if not more? Every year. Mm-hmm. Every year doing that. We got four-wheelers and side-by-sides and trailers, and we belong to the Turkey Federation, this, that. You know, we're always giving money, or we're giving feed away, or we're doing something to help help it. Going to a dinner. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. I don't even want to talk Donation. about it. I got more paintings and stuff <laughs> I could coat the outside of my house with. Yeah, we got them shoved underneath beds and game rooms and crap. I don't even know how many we got, to tell you the truth. But that money's going to help something, yeah. right? You know, my wife's said, you raise your hand one more time, I'm going to break it off, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, it, so the perspective of the non-educated person, you know, we don't kill animals every day. We don't no. kill animals every year, you know. Shit, you got a hundred day season if you're lucky. And, yeah. and in a state like Nevada, you get one tag, maybe two, if you got really lucky. Yep. You know, and and there's only so many. Every 10 years. So right. many, you know, daylight hours to hunt in anyway. Right. And everybody's got a Everyone's work. got a job. Yeah, everybody's got a job. So you take one or two weeks, you go out, you know, you have fun, you enjoy you know, being away, you enjoy the woods and you or whatever you're doing. And hey, if you kill something, it's a bonus. Yeah. And most guys that I hang around with, they're not rolling out just to whack something and go home. These guys are having a good time. They're, they're looking for a quality animal. Yeah. 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 And if you're and if you're not, I mean, there's some places here in Nevada. I don't know how it is in Oregon. I imagine it's the same, but. Every hunter on their way through, right? They're spending money at the stores. They're spending money hotels, at the, the hotels. Gas, every right. station. Where yeah. every, you know, there might be 10 people along the way that they're spending money at that hate hunting mm-hmm. or not educated on hunting or, or the hunter or whatever it is. Yeah. But we're still doing it. We're still spending our money. We're still putting our mouth, money where our mouth is. Is that the saying? Money where our mouth is? Yeah. yeah. I think so. But at this, but this, yeah. what you were talking about where these people are still spending money year after year and, and, you know, maybe every four years or five years, it still goes back to sticking together as hunters. And you might not get a tag here in Nevada every 10 years, right? You might have a buddy that gets a tag. You might go on this hunt. You might mm-hmm. go on that hunt, but you're not hunting every year. So sometimes it's out of sight, out of mind when you don't get a tag. Now it's like, damn it, I might go on a chucker hunt or I, you know, I'll be working for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. I don't get to take that. Or week you or, go with your buddy and you help go, him out. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. But you're not taking that week or two off on your hunt right. where it's out of sight, out of mind, where 
that might be the year where there's a, pr- a new pressure from the other side where there's another attack on, on our heritage, on our hunting, mm-hmm. where that's where it is important, I keep harping on it, to get involved in these groups because they don't take a day off. They're in the, you know, in the war every day fighting for us. And so if one thing that I could say about predator management is really it comes down to education, but we need to stick together because regardless of education, if the other side gets its way, which they fight every day to get, mm-hmm. we won't be able to do any of it. I just had a great idea after your little uh, speech so there. Sorry. No, I, but <laughs> it, here's a great thing is the years you don't get a tag, spend that money on the groups. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you were going to, if you drew a deer tag and you knew you were going to spend two grand. Yeah. You don't have to do two grand, but no, but I'm saying take a portion of that. Yeah, take, great idea. Take a good portion of it. Great idea. I'm glad I had that idea. <laughs> I did. Now, not let get, me get on another soapbox. Hold I on. did not get a tag this year, but I am going to go help Clay, so I will give a portion, but there. a smaller portion than I'd like to. Yeah. Hell, I like that idea. Well, there's a lot of groups and organizations out there. I mean, just pick your poison, yep. you know. And uh, I mean, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, SCI, any one of these groups. There's a Mule Deer Foundation, absolutely. White Tails Forever, Black Tail Foundation, Pheasant Forever, Trucker. Did I just make up that White Tail Forever? Or is that true? No. I think he made it up. Pheasants Forever. White I just tail. started White Tail Forever. Yeah. It's a nonprofit organization. <laughs> started here in Nevada, where there's no White Tail. I've never seen a White Tail in real life but you haven't i've killed one in nebraska i've seen him I've the, seen my the year my dad died august 9 2006 in september october and november of that year my buddy called me and said hey you need to get your mind off of uh everything let's go hunt i said where and he goes nebraska i said okay what are we hunting and he goes whitetail i said well cool i've never done that before and he uh, Bo, yeah i said out of a tree he said yeah i said i'm not going he goes what are you talking about i said i don't i'm not sitting in a tree for eight ten hours a day i can't do it couldn't do it and he goes yeah you do yeah you will come on let's go so i went there said, all right went up there sat in the tree got me up you know showed us the pictures of these deer that were working okay sat in that tree maybe 45 minutes and I'm couldn't do it out couldn't do it <laughs> right back down the tree went back to the lodge I, he's like you already got one i'm like hell no i couldn't sit up in that tree no longer i can't do it and he goes i go do you mind if i go spot and stalk a deer and he goes uh yeah good luck with that and he's like well that's what we do out west you know spot and stalk two hours later i came back with a 146 <laughs> and he said what in the hell i said i don't know whatever it is but not, that's my only whitetail story that's pretty great. Yeah. I've been pretty fortunate. I get to hunt whitetail in uh, in Idaho and in and uh, Michigan, and uh, it, it was we had a good time. Are yeah. you? Do you tree stand hunt? Uh, both. You know, we did. I did the first time I went to Michigan. I tree stand hunted. I froze to death in the tree. Uh, <laughs> they had a lake effect, which I never even heard of. You know, Lake Michigan uh, makes its own storms, and the guy we were hunting with, my dad's buddy, he goes, well, "We're gonna have lake effect." I'm like, what the hell is a lake effect? <laughs> well, Lake Michigan generates its own storms. I'm like, hey, I'm cool with that. You know, it's like 43 degrees outside. <laughs> Minus 17, I'm in the tree stand. I, I went to stand up in the tree stand, and my ass was frozen to the seat. <laughs> I couldn't even get off of it, you know. But I killed a buck within 20 minutes, you know. But uh, They're all moving around because it's oh, so yeah, cold. Oh, yeah, because it's cold and a storm. And, and we went back a couple more times, archer hunting as well. That was shotgun hunting the first time I went. But uh, And then in Idaho. But I, I can tell you one thing. When I hunted Idaho, this was like 2004 or five or something. But the wolves were so bad there. Nobody was hunting but us. All the guides moved out. Everybody met. We went there elk hunting. For 14 days, I'd never seen an elk. This goes back to predator problem. Yeah. Never seen a mule deer for 14 days. I'd seen dead elk. I'd seen a dead moose. I'd seen a lot of wolves. And um, I was only one out of four guys, and I killed a white-tailed buck there. <laughs> and it was because the wolves just took are, it over. Are you saying wolves? Like, like, are you barking like a dog? Woof? Woof. Or are we Woof. saying wolves? <laughs> wolves, the Woof. big hairy four-legged ones. Wolves. Yeah, the bushy tail that are <laughs> quite large. Yeah, those. Wolves. Youths. Youths. The two youths. The two youths. The what? The youths. The two what? Youths. A, a lot of people do say wolf. I was, I was in my mind thinking the same thing. Do I say wolf or wolf? I say wolf. I say wolf, too, I think. 
Well, regardless, we have them here in Nevada now, and they are not a game animal, so we cannot kill them here in Nevada. You can't kill them anywhere, can you? Oh, like yeah, Alaska. You can. Idaho, you can. You can get attacked in Idaho. Oh, you can? Yeah. 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 They you ever got one? No. Hmm? Have you ever got one? No. Have I want to try it. I want to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, excuse my smack. I think they're 35 bucks. Yeah, up in Idaho. They're, but they're here. They're in Nevada, and they're killing everything here in Nevada now. Not a lot, I wouldn't imagine, but there are. It, there's a black one. Um, no one four. where we're saying, talking about decimated right. area. I hear there's um, some in the Santa Rosa Mountains, which the Santa Rosas in, in yeah. our lifetime did not have elk yep. and now have elk, many of which uh, many people believe they were pushed down by the wolves. Yep. And now the wolves are in Santa Rosas too. So yeah. Yeah, they're falling the herd. That's, that's only two and a half hours away from Reno. I mean, that, that, you know. we we might need to do some uh, lobbying to our people. We need to get Ira Hansen on this. Yeah, talk about predator management for wolves or hunting wolves in Nevada. Mm-hmm. Because we if, need to be it, in front of it, not behind. Yeah, it. because well, they gotta, this, it's a double standard. So what they're doing is the wolves that are reintroduced into wolves, the states. Wolves. The hairy black things (laughs) that are reintroduced in the States aren't the native ones that were here before. Yeah. So if hogs are non-native, you know, they used to be no tag, no limit. And then fish and game caught on that and said, hey, we can make money money, 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 money. What about now you could buy, used to buy a pack of five pig tags in California for five bucks. I don't know what they are anymore now. A lot for it. It's like 160 for a uh, out of state guy. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? For a hog, which is non-native, right? So if they're non-native, then it should be clear them out. Yeah. Right. They're non-native animal. You shoot all you want. Well, that's not that way. Now they're protected. Well, wait a minute. How are they protected if they're non-native? Yeah, we got a double standard here going on. So it's it's yeah. What I was going to say is, by the time, because a lot of them say we don't have a sustainable herd to hunt. Well, if you let the wolves wolves get to a sustainable (laughs) population, too late. Way too late. What's that mean? Way too, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, you got to get out way out in front of it. So, I, I'm going to start that. You know, I, what? it's probably already started a, a deal, but our fishing game, I don't know what the process is there to try to get a new hunting uh, season, season on an animal. Well, so, I was just thinking that the you see all this about those muscles, the invasive from, muscles, yeah, that yeah. come from bodies of water. And all the money they're spending on trying to keep those out of Lake Tahoe invasive and Donner. Invasive species. Right. So now you got an invasive species, the wolf or wolf. And what does that invasive species do to the water? They cloud it up. They kill the other native little animals. Everything. That's what the wolf does. Yeah. But, but there's no attention being paid to the wolves. It's crazy. We do need to do something. Well, they had to do some yeah. research. Have wolves ever been native to Nevada? Maybe parts of it. Uh, maybe no, way, way up in the yeah. in the timber, I, I, but I don't even know. Coming maybe. from wild, you know, Yellowstone or whatever, maybe. Yeah, but yeah. who knows? I, I, I would have to do some research on that, but I'm going to do some work on that. I'm going to see wh- what the process is there. Um, well, it, it you know, if and it goes back to what we were talking about. It goes back to education, but us being the stewards, us being out there all the time, yep. it's, we have to educate the government. And I don't mean so much educate them as they need to be trained and say, hey, when was the last time you've been out there? Yeah. We don't have anybody out there. And you run it. I, I run in that all the time. Have you had a biology up in this country? No, we haven't had one up there, uh, you know, since 2002. Well, it's 2020. Has anybody been up there? Right. You know, one of the things they got going on is they got hidden cameras up in the woods now because they're trying to keep guys from killing these wolves. Yeah. Well, that ain't doing no good. So what you're trying to do is bust somebody for trying to do predator management, which you guys should be doing that. You're just letting it willy-nilly and everything run wild. And now when we cruise up there, we used to see 25 deer a day. Now we see three. And either the deer moved or they got eight or both. You know, so now there's wolf tracks in the road. There's wolf crap in the road. And you're like, you know, I'm showing my kids this going – What's that? And I was over in Sumner Elkton here a couple years ago, and these elk, we're calling elk, and they're not coming in. 
They're just blowing by. They don't talk. They're not doing anything. I'm going, what is going on? Well, I was talking to the ranchers there, and he goes, uh, the wolves locate them. Yeah. He says, them elk won't talk. Yep. I said, why? And he goes, well, it's like renting a dinner bell for these wolves. Yep. And I'm like, I mean, I'm looking at them. There's like 80. There's a herd of 80, and there's two big bulls in there, a bunch of satellite bulls. Nobody is saying a word. And I'm thinking, man, I'm losing my touch or something's going on here. Well, after talking to him, it made sense. And I go, well, how many do you think? He goes, there's a lot of them up here. I go, really? And he goes, yeah. And I said, well, I haven't seen one yet. And he goes, oh, it's a matter of time, buddy. You will. So my buddy who lives in Sumner, He's not buying into the deal. He said, nah, it ain't wolves. I haven't seen I live here. I haven't seen a damn wolf. Two days after I left, it snowed four inches. He called me up on the phone, sent me a picture of a big pile of wolf crap and tracks in his driveway. Hmm. And he lives right on the outskirts of town. And I said, he goes, hey, I was wrong. You're hmm. right. There's wolves here. I go, Durr. you know, <laughs> and there you go. Yeah. And that's just the beginning. And that whole herd up in there, there's like five different herds up there. It's shrunk down to... Zippo. You know, know. you you said something that kind of struck a chord with me that uh, off topic, but on topic, we were, I don't want to name any names, but we were going to a a certain area and all the roads were blocked off to it by ranches, which Mm -hmm. is fine. But um, we ran into a fish and game guy and we said, hey, isn't there some kind of a law that says... You know, you can't block these roads that lead to public access. And this is a whole other argument. And and he says, yeah, he says, well, there has to be an archaeological or, you know, a historical reason for you to be in that country. And he said, hunting is neither of those two things. Hmm. That is the same mentality that they take with predator hunting. Mm-hmm. As a hunter, they don't care. They that. You being able to shoot a deer is not their problem. In my opinion, I feel that they've they've these guys, fishing game included, mm-hmm. have become clouded or jaded to the hunters, you know, being the ones going, hey, you know, why aren't you doing something about this? Why are these wolves coming in here? Why, you know, why, they're going to kill the deer? You know, I think that their mentality is, oh, so you can just go hunt them. So, so we need to kill the wolves so that you can then go cure the deal, cure killer, <laughs> can't get it, kill the deer. <laughs> And that is the most backwards thinking. And, and that, you know, my example, which was different, but along the same lines, came from a fishing game guy. Mm-hmm. Those guys should be on our team. Yeah. I get that they're out there to stop poachers and things like that. I get it. That's the same way that a police officer is out to stop, a, you know, a speeding guy. Right. But he's also there to protect you. Fishing game guy should be there to protect us as well as monitor. You know what I mean? And I think that they've lost their way with some of this well, wolf totally stuff. Have because most of them are, you know, in their, you know, late 20s, early 30s, and they haven't been educated. And the wolves were reintroduced, you know, what, 15 years ago or whatever it's been now. There haven't been any wolves in this country you know, for a hundred years, you know, mm-hmm. it's clear back in the twenties and thirties. So that whole, you know, there's generations as went by that never had wolves, right? They were gone. And they're getting educated by the liberal yeah. colleges. Yeah. So right. they're, well, yeah, you go to, you go to school at Cal Poly or you go down yeah. to, you know, Berkeley. you know, where Berkeley mm-hmm. and, now they come into that workforce mm-hmm. uneducated. Only thing they know is they're going to go out and stop poachers. And the biologists, I don't know if you've ever seen that kind of class, but it, <laughs> it's it's way off track, way off track. And what, I can guarantee you that it might be now, but as of five years ago, woods weren't even in the topic of a biology class because mm-hmm. they weren't, yeah. you know, and you know, you had mountain lions in your regular stuff, bobcats and, and uh, coyotes and whatnot. But yeah, that there's generations that drove by that thing that don't even know what they're doing now. You know, I talked to some biologists up there. They're probably in their mid thirties and they're, you know, you talk to one guy never even heard of the National Wild Turkey Federation. <laughs> You're like, wow. Hello? Yeah. Hello? You watch the Sportsman's Channel or anything? Oh, not really. You know, I'm like... Okay, and you're like you set back yourself a little bit, and you think, going, "Jeez, okay." So it goes back to what I was saying: is we are the ones that have to educate them all because we're just, the ones that are in the woods. We're the ones seeing it. We're the ones seeing the coyote kills. We're the ones seeing the wolf kills and the mountain lion kills. I mean, you know, we've seen the wolf kills up there in Idaho, and there was 
two other hunters up there in that whole area, and they were from California. They've been going there since 1972. They're all in their late 60s and 70s. And it was, to them, it was just a get-together, and they got to go hunting, and they got to be with each other for two weeks and had a great time. They're the ones that took us and showed us the wolf kills, you know, down by the creek. It's crazy. So this all comes full circle to my question originally. Very first thing I said, is it us or the government? And it's both, both but the... Like you're saying, it's us as individuals that have to do it and then educate the government so they can do it in the correct manner mm-hmm. in, in to make it right on the animals. Yep. I mean, they have, and I'll leave it with this. I mean, what's the, I mean, everybody's probably heard the joke and I'm going to mess it up, but the old rancher who talks about um, want protection from these coyotes because it's eating all its cattle and sheep and everything. And the, they said that they were going to come in and catch the coyotes. They didn't want to kill them, but they were going to catch them and castrate them. And, and the rancher says, well, they ain't my sheep. <laughs> you know? <laughs> they're eating them. I don't know if I've ever heard that joke. Oh, really? They're not They're yeah. not in my sheep and cattle. They're <laughs> eating them, you know? We don't need to castrate yeah. them. Yeah, leave their nuts on, pull yeah, their teeth out. exactly. <laughs> so, anywho, we'll go back to that. Let's let, So, to end this up, let's educate... Let's do it ourselves. Let's educate not only the, the non-hunters, even we're not trying to convert them to hunters, but at least educate them on the reason why we do what we do and educate government agencies. And if we can't do it individually, take your money and support groups that support us. Join a conservation yes. Join a conservation group. group and, and like Alex says, in those years that you might not go hunting, the money that you were going to spend take 20% of it and give it to these people and let them fight the daily fight because they're in it well, look at, and they're know, helping us out every day. Look at what you spend every year and just do a checkup from the neck up. If you thought you needed a new rangefinder that's 325 bucks, that's five years with the SCI. Yep. So if you don't, if you can get by with your old one, take that money you're going to spend and join an organization and protect what you enjoy doing. Yeah, because if you don't, it, you won't, it's gone. You won't be able to use that rangefinder except on seeing what you used to go. Yeah. yeah. Go to a dinner, buy two paintings. Yeah. The dinners are actually fun. Yeah. I, I think that some people, some people, I always love getting my Ducks Unlimited sticker in the mail or yeah. my, you know, my California waterfowl sticker in the mail. Or, you know, uh, the trout one that I you belong to, you know, you get a bag of hooks or something. But yeah. they all have a little cool gimmick that, you know, it, it's part of what we do. Yeah. But the dinners are fun. Yeah. You know, go, if, if you hate spending it on just a subscription, go to a dinner, buy a raffle ticket, buy a 100%. painting, bid on something. Silent there's a, auction. There, yeah, gun, there's a hundred ways to give to these conservation groups and they need it and we need it. And it'll, I wanted I, it'll make you feel better too. It's yeah. way better to give than it yeah. is to take. I thought we were going to talk more about, you know, what hand call to use when you're out on a uh, whitetail ranch, but we could save that for another. We're going to save that for another day because this. If you didn't listen to our last episode, I hope you do. But Rich is in the feed game, and this kind of started is we got to protect the animals that we're feeding and making healthy and all that. That's another conversation. But going back to your dinners, um, I hope this podcast gets out here in the next couple of weeks because before we go, we really have to support these groups this year, especially because of stupid ass pandemic. They're not having their dinners and they have lost a ton of money from us hunters and everyone's trying to do these silent auctions and online auctions. It's just not the same. So this year, especially get involved, get involved and, and help these organizations out and, and, you know, pick one or two of them. You don't have to do all all of them, obviously, but pick one or two of them, put your money where your mouth is, because if we don't collectively as hunters, we will not be hunters anymore. So get involved. I I hope you take that to heart. I'm not trying to get on a soapbox, but it it really is. I'm, you're up so, there, Irish there's so many, <laughs> There's so many pressures. There's so many pressures from the other side. We have to do our part. Have to do our part because it's not going to be there anymore. So, anyway. Listen, 
Thanks for listening to me, you two. I am fresh out of Bud Light. You've talked me out of <laughs> two cans. Rich, and, thank you for coming and yeah. chatting with us here on Where the Pavement Ends. You bet. We'd love to have you back. I'd like to talk more after the year's over about what the, And where uh, we're going to kill our, our stuff over our feed. Right. Yeah, Texas, absolutely. Oregon, wherever right. else, Kentucky with Sammy. Can Mann. we come stay at your house in Oregon? Absolutely. You have extra beds? We got a cabin. Clay and I only need one. <laughs> we only uh, need one single, maybe two singles. Cam- camper would be perfect if it's leveled <laughs> off properly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That'll be fun. From today on, join a group. Yep. Be Education. educated. Educate others. Yep. Wolf or wolf? What are we leaving with? Take care of what you love. Yes. I'm going wolf. I'm going, going big black furry things. <laughs> All right, then I'll take Wolf. And uh, yeah. as our good friend Rich says, do a checkup from the neck up, join something, do something, yeah, be like something. It. We'll see you on the next time. I got to go get a glass of water. Thank All you. Right. Have a good <laughs> night. <laughs>